everybody, it's Jeff Antoniak. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So today I have uh, two goals. One of the things I wanna do is talk about melodic improvisation. I wanna flesh out this idea of what it means to improvise melodically and how to do it. How do we practice that? Here's the thing. Uh, this is one of the most advanced exercises I know. This is like grad student level, pros who come to me for lessons, that level. Friend of mine who studied with Lee Konitz years ago. This is what they did. This, this kind of thing that we're gonna do right here. So this is not some lowest common denominator stuff. That said, this works great for folks who are just new to jazz improvisation too. Now, part two of what I wanna do, which is totally related, is talk about the entire history of jazz improvisation from Jazz didn't exist yet up till today. I'm gonna to cover that in like three minutes with my saxophone. Now, by the way, here's the tune we're gonna work on today. I know you know it. It's an oldie but a goodie. I know you love it. Uh, Kenny Dorham. Blue Bossa. So when I'm practicing, when I'm teaching, when I'm talking about jazz, it always has to be in the context of a song. It drives me nuts when you buy books that have endless exercises, but they're sort of out of context. That's what we do here. That's what we do at jazzwire.net is we put everything into context all the time. So I could have picked any song. This will work on any song, but I picked Blue Bossa as a tune that I hope many of you know that many of us, all of us have to learn for sure. So this is the context, could have been any tune. So here's the question, um, who discovered jazz improvisation? Like we know, you know, who discovered this continent, or so we think, who discovered this molecule or this atom or this cure for whatever? Who discovered jazz improvisation? Kind of a weird way to put it, and it's a, probably a wrong way to put it. There wasn't one person that found jazz improvisation like under a rock or something. Hey, here it is. Up in the attic? No, that's not how it worked. Jazz improvisation, how did, what happened? It developed. So most historians, I think, would agree with me here that jazz improvisation, it was a process of folks embellishing a melody. We hear stories of Bix Beiderbecke or Buddy Bolden or Louis Armstrong, and we would hear, we read quotes about those folks. And people would say, wow, you know, Buddy Bolden played a melody like no other. You'd never, that melody was never the same after he played it. Those sort of quotes. What does that mean? He wasn't thinking about modes of the harmonic minor scale, I don't think. He was playing the melody in his own way, his interpretation of it. So that's what we're going to talk about. So that it's sort of important to understand that jazz improvisation didn't start with chord changes and scales and you know arpeggios necessarily. It started with embellishing melodies. And yes, of course, improvisation has existed in music for centuries or millennia before this. So I'm talking about jazz improvisation. Here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna put this sheet up on the screen for you and run through this exercise that I was talking about. It's the simplest thing to understand. It is so dang hard to do. So I really am gonna challenge you not to just watch this video, not to just listen to me do this a little bit, but this is something I want you to do. I'm gonna run it through very quickly. First thing, pick a song you know well. And what I mean by that, we're gonna be embellishing a tune to death. We're gonna be taking this tune and stretching it past the breaking point. So you need to know the tune if you're going to embellish it. 
right? If I'm going to embellish the story of the three little pigs or Baba Yaga or some folk story, well, I can't do a good job of embellishing it if I don't really know how it goes. Someone that knows the story would just say, well, I mean, he's just playing it wrong. That's not even related to the story, right? So the better I know the story, the better I'll be able to embellish it. So pick a tune you know well. So that's why I picked Blue Bossa. That's the first thing. So now here's what we do. We're going to play this tune for a while. So I'm, you know, let's call it five choruses for me today. I don't want to be here all day. Uh, but I would suggest 10 choruses. Play 10 choruses of Take the A Train or 10 choruses of All the Things You Are or whatever the tune is. Now here's the deal. The first chorus you play should be exactly as it's written on a lead sheet or in the real book or whatever. You're going to play it exactly like that. Let's say we're playing 10 choruses. Chorus number one is exactly as written, no interpretation. Chorus number 10 is going to be pure improvisation, okay? And everything in between is this slow progression of embellishing the melody more and more. So the second chorus it's still the melody, 100% still the melody, but with some embellishments. You may add some rhythms or some add some notes. You can look back at the previous video and we really dig into how to embellish a melody. The third chorus is still pretty well the melody, but we're taking some liberties. By the fifth or sixth chorus, if you walked into the room in the middle of that, you could probably hear hints of the melody, but it's sounding a lot like a solo, okay? By the ninth chorus into the 10th chorus, we are soloing. But here's the hard part, is I don't want you just playing the changes or using licks you know. We are embellishing the melody. So even in the 10th chorus, when the melody is gone, essentially, that is the only thing you're thinking about. You are not thinking about, oh, this is a D half diminished chord, so I'm gonna play the second mode of melodic minor here or whatever. Eh -eh. You have to think about the melody. That's particularly hard for somebody like me that connects to music sort of intellectually. I like thinking about the chords. I have a hard time improvising if I don't know what the chord is and sort of what my approach will be against that chord. That's the way I'm wired. I'm not saying that's a good thing. So this, song, uh, this exercise is particularly challenging for me because it gets me out of calculating and thinking like a scientist or an engineer and memorizing and all that and gets me thinking melodically. Okay, so let me play through this a little bit. I'll play, I don't know, four or five choruses of Blue Bossa, the first chorus, or the first half chorus, I'll do this on a little shorter time span for you, is going to be exactly the melody. And then I'm going to go from there. And let's see what happens. Let's see what happens.
right. Huh. No, uh, full disclosure. I'm not uh, trying to hide anything here. I got lost a couple, not lost. I knew where I was in the tune. I knew what measure I was in. But there were times when I had embellished the melody. I was so far from the melody, I knew where it was in my ear, but I couldn't quite find the notes. I didn't know that song well enough, and I've been playing that dang thing for like 35 years. That is, that's where this gets interesting, is as I was getting further from the melody, first of all, can I keep the melody in my head? That's the exercise. Can I, and so most of what I was doing, my goal was all, a lot of what I was doing is hearing melodies relative to the melody I was singing in my head. I was singing Blue Bossa in my head, and I was trying to think, what would be an interesting melody that refers to that melody I know, that's counter to it, that is, uh, uses it as a point of departure. So I hope, listen back to that. Listen back to that a couple times, singing the melody or get your instrument and play the melody along as I'm doing that. And can you hear where I'm with it, where I leave it, where I'm referring to it but not playing? And as I said, there were times when I just kind of lost it and had to jump back in a measure or two later. That tells me I need to know the song better. Now here's one of the fringe benefits of this exercise is, oh my God, you have never known a song so well as if you do this for half an hour. Like if I were to pick, gosh, there's, you know, a song that I've played a million times. What would that be? Uh, Confirmation by Charlie Parker. That tune. Um, well, that's hard to embellish because of all the notes in there. Like, wow, when we change even one or two of those notes. Again, I've been playing that since I was a teenager, which is a while back. Um, wow, that would be hard to do, to embellish confirmation. Yet, I know that song intimately. That is the exercise. So you can see, I started this off by saying, this is gonna challenge the most pro-level, full-time jazz musician out there yet it's accessible to a beginner. That's what I love. As someone who's never improvised before, they can play Happy Birthday or When the Saints Go Marching In and add some notes, start embellishing. So this is a fantastic exercise. And remember, the other thing I did is challenge myself to explain the history of jazz improvisation of the last hundred years in a minute or two. Well, that's this sort of shows us that. So if you were to take that little performance of mine of Blue Bossa, at the very beginning, there was zero improvisation. Then midway through the first chorus, I added a passing note here or there. I changed a rhythm here or there. So that was perhaps like early jazz. That's how the early jazz guys would do it a little bit. I expanded it from there. I expanded to the point where I was purely improvising. That is how improvising started. Now, yes, all the harmonic considerations, rhythmic considerations, all the science came in, of course. But that's an interesting way to think about it. For teachers out there, what a great way for you to demonstrate to your students what improvising is and how it worked in a two-minute span. That was the history of improvising. That's the way I like to think about it. So I really want you to give that a try. Again, I, you understand it. That's the easiest thing in the world. A non-musician could understand what I just did in a sense. But wow, to do it, it is so challenging. So I would love for you to do this. And uh, I may have mentioned jazzwire.net. We have people on there who are already doing this work. Those people that sent in recordings to me and I've done playing evaluations and practice plans for them. This is in a lot of people's practice plan. This is what I'm assigning you to do. So of course you can listen to this video and go ahead and do it. But when you wanna dig in deeper, check out jazzwire.net. 
Okay, well, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, if you want this PDF or any of the other handouts for any of these Digging Deeper videos, send me an email, diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com. I'll send it off to you. Thanks so much, guys. Take care.